Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The topic for this evening is Kavod Ve'onek Shabbos. The source for this biblical obligation is a verse in the Navi Shaya, Perek Nunchet, which some of us say every single Shabbos, before Kiddush in the morning. The Karasa La Shabbos Oneg. You shall call Shabbos a delight. Likdosh Hashem. You will call Shabbos, also known as Kiddosh Hashem. The Holy One of Hashem. Mechubad, we'll call it honored. The Pasa goes on. You honor it by not doing your own ways. What does this mean? Gemara tells us in the Sefer Shabbos. Tafkuf Yud Gimel Amar Aleph. Saying this pasuk, "V'chibadto me'asos brachecha, v'chibadto shaloye malvushcha shal Shabbos, kimalvushcha shal Kol." But the clothing that you wear on Shabbos shall not be the same as the clothing that you wear during the week. So teaches the Gemara in the Sefer Shabbos, "Tafkuf Yud Gimel Amar Aleph." What does this mean practically? I'd like to introduce this, the answer to this question by re- making reference to a to the opening line in Zmiris for Friday night for Shabbos which is connected directly to this week's parsha. This week's parsha and parsha by Midbar, we read the pasuk, Isha Machanehu Ish Al Diglo. Every single person in Kalal Yisrael and is being counted, is not really being counted straight from one until 600,000, but it's being counted, every man at his own camp, every man at his own banner. A verse taken from the first Terek of Amidba. The very first paragraph in the Zmiros that many of us say Friday night begins, Kol Mekadeh Shvi Karoilo, Kol Shomer Shabbat Kadot Mechalolo, the Choro Harbe Ma'od al people Allah, and then Isha Machaneu vi Isha Ziglo. Reading from the official Oxgold translation, whoever hallows the Sabbath as befits it, whoever safeguards the Sabbath properly from desecration, his reward is exceedingly great in accordance with his deed, and then, as we said before, Isha Machaneu vi Isha Ziglo. 
May I suggest a different translation? Perhaps does not have reference to the Sabbath itself, to the Shri, but rather has reference to the Makadesh. Kol Makadesh Shri, whoever sacrifices the Shabbos, Koroilo, as appropriate for him. And what is appropriate for him? Well, there are so many different ways that individuals and communities have established to honor the Shabbos. Both in terms of kavod and in terms of oneg. Oneg, as we shall see, has reference particularly to oneg Shabbos food. What a person eats, drinks on Shabbos. Different communities have different delicacies, each one savoring its own. Some people in this room undoubtedly look forward to Shabbos so they can enjoy Cholent. We will not get further examples. But every community has its own. Cholent is the food of many of the Eastern European Jews. Western Europeans have something somewhat different, Spartan completely different. Kol Shvi Karoi Lo. Everyone who honors the Shabbat as befits him. And the same thing is true not only in terms of the Onik Shabbat of the food, but also in terms of the Kavod Shabbat of the dress, the Malbush Rashal Shabbat. In some communities, not that far from where we live. Come to Shul on Shabbos. All the men, everyone is wearing a strimal. The strimal, the special garment distinctive for Shabbos Kodesh and for Yomtev, is the way in this community they have Mechavah the Shabbos. Remember there are some communities where we'll go to a totally different kind of a head covering. Where knitted yarmulkes, but many of these individuals all week long will wear a dark knitted yarmulke and come to Shabbat to put on a white knitted yarmulke. Kol Shvi Karoilo. Everyone has his own way of honoring the Shabbat. And when I say his, I should not be remiss, it's also her own way of honoring the Shabbat special kind of a, a, of a dress. I'm not expert in the, in the various clothes that the women wear. But in every community, there are special clothes designated for Kavod Shabbos. Hatzara Shabbat Shabbat what comes to all communities, is the idea of something special for Shabbos. Something special. the introduction, let me share with you an idea which transcends this particular specific question of Kabbalah and Oneg, but is related 
to the Pasuk and to the paragraph in the Zeris as well. Of Yaakov Kamenetsky, Zechat Sadek Levrocha, writes in his comment, in commentary on this Pasuk, he wonders why the separate banners and flags were not brought to Am Yisrael until a full year after they left Mitzrayim. So he read the very, very beginning of, of this week's Pasha, by Midbar. And he answers something remarkable. That such a phenomenon of a different banner and flag for every camp could be divisive, could lead different tribes into different ways, and could split Klal Yisrael, Chas V'Shalom. And therefore, when we left Mitzrayim, Hashem did not give any commandment about separate flags and separate banners. Not until the Mishkan was established at the very beginning of the second year when we left this right. Not until a central and focal place towards which all members of Am Yisrael could turn their focus. Then and only then was the concept of Isha Machaneu, the Isha Diglo, given to Am Yisrael. Only after the uniting and binding force was established could there then be an Isha Machaneu of Isha Diglo. Permit me therefore to understand this paragraph in the same light. What unites Klal Yisrael? Shmira Shabbat. Once we are united in our Shmira Shabbos, then, every single person, man or woman, whatever community he or she comes from, honoring the Shabbos with the types of foods and clothes that give respect to the Shabbos in that particular community, is Karoy love. And Tzchoro Harbe Ma'od Alpi Po'olov based on his or her actions appropriate to his or her setting. Just as there, the machlas of the Golan came about only after the establishment of the Mishkan, so too, the various minhagim can all coexist, and every community should have respect for the customs of another community, when we're bringing together, is the what we call the the kedush Hashem, the kedush of Shabbat of Shoma Shabbat Kadosh Mechalalot. So therefore, after this introduction, you may ask, what is appropriate clothes for Shabbos in our community? Now, I come from Riverdale. I'm speaking in Teaneck. Not sure if we can consider these communities one, but I believe that for many of us in this community, we're not of the type that wears a strimal, as we described earlier. Not everyone is changing the color of a knitted yarmulke. So what then, in fact, is the big day Shabbat? How would you define it? To per- per- permit me to suggest that in looking for some kind of a comparison, how we should dress on Shabbat, to honor the day of Shabbat, let us seek some guidance in personal joyous occasions. When an individual, for example, has a simcha, a family simcha, a bar mitzvah, a wedding, 
How does one come to such a to such an event? Generally speaking, I believe that the average individual in this audience will come to such an event wearing a suit, wearing a white shirt, and wearing a tie. It's not to say that there aren't other customs in all different directions. But by and large, that is, I've been at many weddings involving members of the Tina community as well as the Riverdale community. By and large, you walk into such a wedding, and forgive me, I cannot be so specific in terms of women's clothing. I don't see exactly what's happening. I wouldn't be able to discern. But in terms of men's clothing, a typical wedding you come to, people are dressed in a suit, and a white shirt, and a tie. And therefore, I believe that therefore for most of us, appropriate garments for Shabbos Kodesh, Malbushka Shal Shabbos, as the Gemara calls it, and Akufu Gimel and Manalat, is a suit, a white shirt, and a tie. This is how I understand. Now, you may ask, what difference does it make what I'm wearing? In my heart, how I feel, that's more important. You know, the Chirach reminds us time and time again, Ha'adam nifal kefi pu'uloto a person is influenced by his outer actions that then are, are then internalized. And some of us who remember the Dafyomi of just a few days ago recall a remarkable passage which also reflects what a person wears and how he feels. The Gemara tells us about Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eloi as Shabbos came in Mis'atei fiyoshev v'sadinen ha'metsuyotin he wore special garments, a talis, and he resembled the Malach, an angel. So we see therefore the tremendous impact that clothing can have on a, on a person. Wearing these garments is a preparation for a higher level of sanctity. And if you and I cannot reach the level of Malach Hashem Tzvokos, Nonetheless, this does not relieve us of a responsibility to reach as high a level as we possibly can. L'kdosh Hashem Mechubah My Rebbe of Salavetik, the Quran of the Bracha, in one of his celebrated public shiurim, described in beautiful, poetic, lyrical terms the transformation which took place in his impoverished European community as Shabbos came in. Told the story that there was an individual who walked in on Shabbos to the shul and was wearing, I guess, his kapota and his, his nice, his nice, the nicest shirt that he had, and he was smiling, a nice hat, and the rub looked at him and said to himself, I know this face, but somehow I can't recognize who this person is. Who is he? It turned out that this individual was a, an impoverished menial worker who walked around all week long in tatters and rags. And the transformation, based primarily on the different clothing he was wearing, was so dramatic that Rabbi Salavashi simply at first could not recognize who he was. A different personality. 
And the Rabbi ought to explain that he's considered to sit by the table at Shalashudis to try to extend it as long as they possibly could. They didn't want Shabbos to end. Because when Shabbos ended, you know the story, it's like midnight, and all of a sudden, goes back to red. Back to the difficult week. But on Shabbos, kings and queens and princes, Liktosh Hashem Mechubat, Let me voice a complaint. This complaint is directed at individuals who are aware of what I'm saying. They understand that Shabbos demands special dress. And most of them will come in fact to shul on Friday night and Shabbos morning with a suit and a white shirt and a tie. I don't know what it looks like here in this minion on a typical Friday night of Shabbos morning, but my guess is that this is very likely uh, true here as well. But somehow, as the day wears on, there's a, what we call in America, a dressing down. And these same individuals, instead of holding on to their beautiful Shabbos dress as long as they possibly could, as the Hasidic Shayid did in, in the Rav Shtetl. Somehow, after they finish their, their, their davening Friday night and Shabbos, and their, presumably their Shabbos meals, maybe they take a rest, whatever they're going, they, they go outside, especially this time of the year when there's beautiful long days, a different person. You don't recognize them. Sometimes there's no jacket, sometimes there's no tie. Sometimes there's no white shirt, and yes, sometimes there are no long pants. I've seen many types of dress in my community on Shabbos afternoon, often by the same people who understand, who know better, proof they dress properly Friday night and Shabbos morning. Somehow they feel that now we can just sort of dress down as Shabbos is coming to an end. This, I believe, is a violation of the Chibata Tome It's a violation of Shleim Avushka Shel Shabbos Kim Avushka Shel Chol. I remember a story when I spent summers in Boston with Rav Soloveitchik in the late 60s. It was a very, very hot day. And there was an individual who was davening with the Rav Maimonides, who lived very far away. And one Shabbos, as we were finishing Musaf, this young man hangs up his jacket on the hook and starts to walk out. And the Rav calls him and says, where are you going? He says, well, I'm going home. He says, well, why did you leave your jacket? He said, Rebbe, I have a long walk home, 95 degrees. I'll come back from Mincha later on and I'll have the jacket here ready for me so I can have a Mincha with my jacket. And the Rav told him, no. We don't merely honor Shul on Shabbos. We honor Shabbos wherever we may be. And so the young man had no choice but to put on his jacket. And don't believe he came back that day. 
Let me speak from the heart and voice another complaint. Once I was taking a, a walk with my wife in Riverdale, many scenic parts of the town, and I was absolutely shocked to find some park not down near the river, an entire organized baseball game, complete with the full lavush, the full uniform, the cap, the shirt, the pants, the gloves, the whole story. On shop. Looked around a little bit, and I recognized some of the faces. It was clear that these were Orthodox Jewish children playing an organized softball game on Shabbos coach. I was so upset, called one of the other local Rabbonim and said, I can't believe this is going on. We must bring a stop to it. This is not the way that we were taught to, to observe Shabbos coach. Let me make reference to a remarkable passage which is found in the Yerushalmi at the end of Tanis. It's also found in the Medrash Echo, and it is cited by the Beis Yosef in Simon Shimches, Sif Memhen. We know that the rabbis often sought reasons why various destructions came upon us. Al-Kamsa, Al-Kamsa, Yerushalayim, the Gemara in Gitan has other cities, Turmalka, etc. The Yushalmi says, Tur Shimon, Lama Chorez. It was a city called Tur Shimon, a major metropolis, we'll see soon, with wonderful things going on there. What was going on in Tur Shimon? Just to give one example of the Kedusha of this wonderful city, every single Friday, they had a, a precursor of Tom Cheshavit. They had 300 kafifel shalpitusei lechamaniim b'cholerev shabbos. Tremendous amount of stuffing. They took care of the, of the poor of their community every single Friday. Yet the city was destroyed. And why were they destroyed? Says the Yerushalmi in the Medrash Echa. Mishum sheyumisachkin v'kadur b'shabbos. Because they were playing ball on shabbos. There's a problem, Rabotai. Because Tosa says in the Sefta Beit, that's your base, that a ball is not considered to be Mukta, and Yantim is not considered to be Kotor Shalol Torah. So, technically speaking, one can play ball. Now we have an Arab in town, so he can play ball without any violation of Hotor. So, what's the problem? I read you from the Sefer called the Ktsot Hashulchan by a recent Godler of Avram Chaim Noah in Simon Kuf Yud Sivkot Tezayin, page Chavdal. The Fisha Osu Schok HaKadur Kvius L'Shabbos Kodesh because it was an organized, regular game on Shabbos Kodesh. By a Mavalem Azman Shal Yom HaKodosh B'Schok and they passed the time of the Holy Day with levity. 
Even those who permit ball playing and say there's no problem of muksa or of hosa, on yantif, only ba'akroi, only occasionally. Cholila lasos mizekviyut, lahosi asman ha-kodosh v'schok, shal dvarim b'telim. Ve'ein l'cha zilzul v'kvodash ha-vazkodesh, yoser mizeh. There's no greater desecration of the sanctity of the Holy Day Shabbos Kodesh. You'll ask, well, what then should we do on Shabbos? He quotes the Yerushalmi. Lo nitu Shabbos is v'yamim tovim l'Yisrael, elo k'de lasok v'hem v'atorah. That's how we have Shabbos, to study the Torah. And he goes on. Shekol yamos ha'chol em trudim b'malachtam. All week long people are busy with their work. Don't have enough time to study the Torah. So on Shabbat they, they should sanctify the day and study more Torah than any other day. And he cites the Ramah and Simon Reish Tzadi Sefei Ramah for the Ramah. Someone who's learning Torah all week long, he can spend more time on Shabbat eating and drinking because he's busy learning all week long. But a Balabas who's busy working all week long should spend much more of his time on Shabbat learning Torah. And because of the zilzul in the Kfal Shabbos Kodesh, Afal Pish Lachilu also the Malacha, Kol Shomer Shabbos Kadosh Mechalalo. There was none of the Lamatas Malachas that was being violated, no Yisro Muktzah, nothing. Nonetheless, Nigra Mehem Achurben Rachmana Litzlan. Despite the great stucco that they fulfilled every single Friday, I believe that for us. In our communities, but thank God, there's much stuck. I know in this community there's Tomche Shabbos and there's Project Ezra and there's so many wonderful stuck projects. And we should applaud them and we should encourage them tremendously. But this does not atone if there is a Zilzul Shabbos Kodesh by organized ball playing on Shabbos. Occasionally a child wants to play some ball, that's okay, says the Tosa Shulchan. But to organize it and to dwell upon it, and to be too involved in it, no way. This can cause a terrible, terrible kurva. Let us go back to the Shabbos table. The Shabbos table, we sing Zeniros, we say Divrei Torah, we're not supposed to speak Lush and Hara at the Shabbos table. We have more time to sit and eat. Let's speak more Lush and Hara. We'll criticize the rabbi for whatever, he's, whatever he said in his speech. We'll criticize this person for wearing that, and that one for doing this and saying that. We can spend hours in Lush and Hara at the Shabbos table. That's not what it's all about. It's about singing Zemiris. It's about the great Torah. And yes, it's about Achnasas Oroch, and we know the obligation of Achnasas Oroch, especially on Shabbos Viyomto, as we are taught in the Rambam, based upon the Gemara. But what is Achnasas Oroch? The Rambam tells us what it is. The Rambam tells us, in Sukkot, which we're going to read shortly on Shavuot, the Rambam tells us that we are responsible not only to make our own happy, it applies to Shabbos as well, but also the the Ger and the Yosom and the Almona individuals who don't have a place and one need not literally be a convert or a widow or an orphan to be someone who requires their Achnos 
One could be in a situation where there's a problem in the house, or a couple that's all alone, or there is some kind of a health issue or a, a, a social issue. We, we know it. We know where the problems lie. But all too often, we'd rather rub shoulders with our peers, the peers who are, are doing quite well financially and who are adept socially. And there's nothing wrong with that, mind you. It's a wonderful thing for people to get together. Beautiful. But that's nothing to do with Achnasas Arachim. That's called a, a Sudas Mereus in the Gemara. I, I invite you and you invite me back. It's wonderful. But that's not Achnasas Arachim. Achnasas Arachim was inviting someone who does not really have a place to go. Or whose place to go will not satisfy his religious spiritual or social or psychological needs and how much more so if someone doesn't have the money to buy a, an appropriate suzer this is Achnasas Archim which we should emphasize at our Shabbos tables and even so whether we're having guests of this type or that we don't find a, an obligation to extend the meal forever some people extend their Shabbos meal for hours and hours. I hope they're saying Divrei Torah, but I'm afraid that that's not always the case. And therefore, unfortunately, extending their, their meal too long could have the double problem of involving too much Lashon Hara or Sikha Betel on the one hand, and curtailing the Lima Torah on Shabbos on the other hand, both of which are very, very bad. Chalila, to have a meal which is going to take individuals away from a shear, from a kviyot. The Gemara tells them that there were individuals who lost their property because they established meals at a time when the Rav was saying a shear on Shabbos. No one wants to lose his fortune. There is a specific schedule for Shabbos. The Rambam tells us what it is. You daven and eat and learn, and you daven and eat and learn, etc. And according to the Rambam, and the Yerach emphasizes this in Simon Reish Tadi Aleph, one should have an early schedule rather than a later one. I'm not here to tell you when you should daven and uh, what minyanim should, when they should start and when they should end. That is a decision for the local rabbis. But I can tell you that the Rambam and the Yerach seem to say explicitly that the Sudashniya should be a morning meal. A morning meal means it's begun and one makes Kiddush and washes before Chatzos. Now Chatzos now is about 1 o'clock. Not so difficult. But during the winter time, it's 12 o'clock. And sometimes even 20 to 12. So there's a responsibility, ideally, to dive in a minyan which will end in enough time to, to be able to fulfill this Kedatsa Kedin. There is a possibility that if one is in shul and cannot get home on time, and is a kiddush in shul, and the person after davening, after musaf, drinks his, a cup of wine and has a slice of, of cake, that perhaps this pasta above the kitchen perhaps might satisfy this obligation of the Sulah according to the recent post scheme, although it's against a Amogan Avram, clearly. It's hard to rely upon that. This is some, some leg to rely upon. Shouldn't be against the Rambam and the Orach HaShulchan. But, to give you for voice another complaint, this has nothing to do 
what they call today in America Kiddush clubs. Kiddush clubs, for those who don't know, I'm sure they don't have one here. Kiddush clubs, when individuals walk out after Kriyat Torah and they run out, they miss the, they miss the Haftarah and they miss the rabbi's speech and they drink liquor. Three Amerits. Missing the Haftarah, missing the rabbi's speech and drinking liquor. Three Amerits. There's probably a few more as well. This is an outrage. Some of you may know that the OU has come out publicly against recently. I absolutely endorse their position. It's a terrible bizarre to cover Shabbos and to cover the Torah, to cover Beit HaKnesset, and to have terrible ramifications down the road as drinking habits are being established. And you know as well as I, even in this community, that these problems exist. I'll go further and say that not only is this excess in drinking, especially alcoholic beverages, inappropriate, but even eating too much in general on Shabbos is inappropriate and requires us, according to the Rambam and Hilchus Tshuva, to repent. We repent not only for our virus, but we repent for bad midos. One of the bad midos is running after food. And many of us, especially those who are careful to stay away from excess alcohol, some make up for it by eating too much. This is number one, unhealthy. You'll ask your physician to tell you that it's unhealthy. Number two, it's a bad meter, it's a bad character traits. And number three, let me recall for you what the Abu Draham writes. Why is it that there's an obligation to have three pseudos and shops. Not just two as they normally had, but three. It's Lanzi Abu Raham. It's not so that we should eat more, but to the contrary, that we should eat less. Because the person who's eating his morning meal, if the next meal is not until the night, as it was typically during the week, he'll eat more. But if he knows that he has to have an additional meal before it gets dark, which we call Shalashudit, he's not going to eat that much during his morning meal. And he will eat, says the Abu Draham, L'shem Shemayim, for the sake of a mitzvah, not to fill up his stomach in a gluttonous fashion, which is inappropriate for Yerei Shemayim. So writes the Abu Draham. Some of us are unfortunately not fulfilling this properly. True, the Gemara says in the Sefta on Shabbos you have a Neshama Yaseira, we're able to eat a little bit extra, but everything in measure. I remember when my youth, my Neshama Yaseira was such that we ate a lot, and many of us fulfilled a different Gemara. Shinui Veses Tchilas Choli Me'ayin. After Shabbos, though, we had stomach aches from eating so much on Shabbos as compared to what we ate during the week. The Abedrom says, don't eat so much. Eat L'Shem Shemayim, but in proper measure. This is Kavod Ve'oneg Shabbos. I would be remiss if I did not complete the Pasuk with which we began. Here too, we have to be very careful. The Pasuk goes on, the Pasuk again in the Navi Yeshaya, and says, Nimtzochet zuchav edaber dovo. 
Apparently part of sanctifying the holy day of Shabbos, Kavod and Oneg, includes Nimtzochevs Chavadabadabar. Again, no malachas being violated. But if you're involved in business matters, or even speaking about doing work on Shabbos, which may not be done on Shabbos proper, you're in violation of Nimtzochevs Chavadabadabar. Too many of us are involved in business conversations on Shabbos. It's wrong. It's against the Pasuk and the Navi Yishai and the Gemara Mesech the Shabbos Tavkuf Yud Gimel. Shaloya de Brucha Shal Shabbos Kibi Brucha Shal Chol. These are all parts of this topic of Kavod Va'oneg Shabbos. I'd like to conclude with the description of the reward that is received by someone who in fact fulfills Kavod and Onek Shabbos properly. The very next Pesach says, Otsis Anag al Hashem v'kavtich al-vamat ha-yoretz v'achaltich al-nachalas Yaakov avicha ki pi Hashem dibeh. A wonderful Pesach involving great, great brachim. And the Gemara in the Sech the Shabbos comments on this phrase, the phrase, v'achaltich al-nachalas Yaakov Avicha. And the Gemara tells in the Sech the Shabbos that Kuf Yudchesem and Aleph. A remarkable Gemara. Kala Mekayim Shalosh Sudas B'Shabbos is saved from Chevle Mashiach and Dina Shogahena and Mechemes Bogumavo and Nos no Nakla B'li Mitzarim. He is given a reward of an inheritance without boundaries. This Pesach is quoted and the Gemara on Amit Bey explains that this phrase, not Avram and not Yitzchak, who were given bounded inheritance, but Yaakov, upon whom it is said, Ufaratsa Yoma Vakema Vitzafona Vanegba, Nachala Beli Mitzarim. And one may ask, why is it that an individual who fulfills this idea of Shalosh Sudaf, whose Ma'anik at Shabbos is rewarded with Nachala Beli Mitzar. May I make the following suggestion? What was the Midah of Yaakov Avinu? Yaakov Avinu was the Midah of Kol, the Chiyeshli Kol. I have everything, which means I have more than I need. This was the Midah of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu wasn't concerned with what somebody else had, that they had fancier homes or cars or, or clothing or food. He wasn't interested in that. He was happy with what he had and moreover, he tried to hide what he had. Yaakov Avinu saying, Lama Tisra'u, why are you flaunting your wealth? Hide it. Anyone who is jealous of another or feels an obligation to, to flaunt wealth to somehow lord over another is by definition bounded. His nakhla has mitzorim. So as soon as he bumps into someone who has more than he has, oh, he's cut off, he's disappointed, he's unhappy. Yaakov is not missing anything. His nakhla has absolutely no mitzorim. And that's what the Gemara means when it says, call him ma'anegis ha-shabbos. You're not yet to be ma'anegis self to show off or to enjoy what you're wearing or what you're eating. You're here to be ma'anegis ha-shabbos to call Shabbos Oneg, a day of delight, delight of us, this Anag al-Hashem, 
the light of Kedusha and sanctity and holiness and godliness. L'shem Shamayim. I have more than I need. And therefore, Mida Kineged Mida. You are given a Nachala Bali Mitzarim. More than that, says the Gemara. On the same daft. Kolamanigas Hashabbos knows no mishalos libo, based on the Potsdam Tehillim. This Anagal Hashem, the Yitan Lacha, mishalos libecho. Why is it so? A person who does not mean the Shem Shemayim, it's dangerous for Hashem to give him what he wants. A, he'll want more, and B, who knows what he wants? Is it good or bad for him? But the one who is in Bechina of Yaakov Avinu, who's Ma'anigas Hashabbos, he has enough, is it the Shem Shemayim? So Kodesh Baruch is much more likely to give him what he wants because he means it l'shem shemayim, not for his own personal desires. It is this Nachlas Yaakov, this inheritance of Yaakov, to which I would like to devote my my closing remarks and introduce a personal note. I'd like to dedicate this year in the memory of my father. Hareini Kaporas Veshkavo, Harav Yaakov, Moshe Halevi, especially because the year of the Avelis is over next week. And there's a phrase that some of us say in the Yoser, the Shabbos Hagodot, a remarkable phrase. Limdani Lanuach Bashabbos Mehadivi. He told me to rest on Shabbos. And not to aggravate myself. The phrase of the Pasuk and the Gemara. To feed me from the boundless heritage of Yaakov, my father. What does that mean? I believe it means exactly what we spoke about before. Someone who's worried how to make a living during the week, Shabbat, he forgets about it. He's ma'anigas ha-shavas Hashem Shemayim according to his ability. Such an individual is zolcha to anachala b'lim itzarim. A boundless heritage, which is, the, which is the heritage of Yaakov Avinu. That is a boundless heritage to which all of us, or most of us, make reference to Zviras. When we say, nachlas Yaakov Yirosh b'lim itzarim nachla v'chabdu oshivarosh doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, you do with the Shem Shemayim. Vitizku Ligaula. Why? You're saved from the Machemis Gogumaga over the Chevlin Mashiach, and presumably you will be Zalka to a tremendous Gaula, a personal and hopefully even a national Gaula. This is something which is so important. So important. And as I and the members of my family are concluding the the Hadivi, the Avelis, over Yaakov, Avi, of my father, of Yaakov, the Chrono Lebracha. We remind ourselves how he was Ma'anig at Because after all, no matter what you hear from Russia's such as these, your primary teachers are at home, how you grow up. My father would, would have the Shabbos table as a highlight, singing all the Zmiris. My father would never take off his jacket at the Shabbos table. As the Gemara says in the Septuagint, in a different context, I compared to my father, I'm like vinegar compared to wine. I'm not even close to that. He would never, no matter how hot it was, he said, Abba, take off your jacket. No, nope. because his father didn't take off his jacket. This is the Madrega of the Mechabe Shabbos, even when it's uncomfortable. 
because he wanted to make a cover of Shabbos. And my father had this habit of teaching us in Shabbos the great Torah from the Vilna Gaon and from Chumash and Rashi and he asked us questions and he would go around the table. The Shabbos meal was a Liktosh Hashem He sanctified the Shabbos day. This was the Nachlas Yaakov Avinu. I believe that if all of us will do our best to fulfill Kavod and Onet Shabbos in proper measure, to the best of our ability, as I said in my opening remarks, each and every individual, according to what's appropriate for him or for her, we can go much further than to be called Shomer Shabbos Kadas Mechalala. It's not enough. Not to be Mechal or Shabbos, not to do any Malach. We already heard from the Tosa Shulchan that a city can be destroyed even though not be Mechal or Shabbos with any Malachas. If they're not Mechabed as a Shabbos in the ultimate sense, leave out this particular detail or that particular detail. Likdosh Hashem. They view Shabbos as the holy of Hashem. And therefore they call it Mechubod. They call it honored. The Karasa La Shabbos, what do they call it? They call it Oneg. A day of honor and a day of delight. Not like some individuals that I see that have, they cut the Shabbos as close as they can. Remember the rabbis to complain in later years that in Shabbos, Baruch Hashem, we've come a long way in America, Shemir Shabbos. But no one that keeps Arab Shabbos. He remembers in Europe before Shabbos, like we have today in Eretz Yisrael, it would close down early. People would come, as the Gemara says in the Dafyomi, two days ago, that Kofay, people would sit there waiting for the Shabbos to come in. That we lost. Let me add, we lost the Motoy Shabbos. The Chesidish Yid and the Rav Shtetl wanted to extend the Shabbos as long as possible. In America today, I was looking at his watch, got to take Shabbos out so quickly because after all tonight is Saturday night. A new American concept. That's not right. We speak about it in his mirrors. Right after that, that phrase of Kol the next phrase, what do we say? HaMa'achem Natsayis Mena Shabbos U'Memarem Lovo a person to be not, he's not a Koshom Shabbos Kadis Mechalalo, but he only just, just, just. No. Try to come, bring in the Shabbos somewhat earlier, and if you can't do that because it's somebody you're busy with work, I mean, it's whatever it may be, but at least on the way out, very few excuses not to fulfill that. This demonstrates that for us, Shabbos is a delight. It's a holy day we want to hold on to. We're not in a rush to leave, and we are in a rush to bring it in. This is so, so important. This is the idea of making the day of Shabbos a Kedosh Hashem, the holy day of Hashem. We should realize it, we should call it that. Not a day when it's a, it's a bother, when it's a burden to keep the Shabbos. Cholila. We have to understand Shabbos properly. I believe that if in fact we will better ourselves in this regard, we will be all this anegal Hashem. We will not only enjoy the Shabbos as such, but we will enjoy closeness with the Divine, which after all, the Shabbos is all about. And let us not forget, we live in difficult times. Difficult times. We're living in times when our Nachla and Eretz Yisrael is about to become, according to certain plans, a Nachla with Mitzorim. With even... 
closer boundaries and borders than heretofore. And we are taught we're going to do things, we're going to be activists and try to forestall this, this eventuality, etc., etc. I'm not here to speak politics. But if Chazal say, based on the psukim that we read in Yeshaya, you want to have a nachlas Yaakov Avicha, a nachlas of Believe It Sarim, they tell you how to do it. They tell you. Kovat Shabbos, Onik Shabbos, Otis Aregal Hashem. And now we can fulfill the, the second part of the postic of Achaticha, Nachas Yaakov Avicha. So we'll have literally the nachlas with, with fewer Mitzarim. Or perhaps even that once, one day soon with, with no Mitzarim. And it's not only, as I, as I said before, a matter of geography in the Holy Land, but it's a nachla of the Mitzarim that if we treat the Shabbos properly, we will not be jealous of others, we'll only be enjoying ourselves with Shem Shemayim. If we do that, then indeed we will be, we will be privileged to see what the Gemara says, Zolche Legeula Kipi Hashem Diber Benheira Yamenu Amenu.